I believe there are few things in this world more powerful than stories. So I want to start off with a story that is one of my favorite ones to tell. A love story, actually. The story will end like this. Hi, my name is Michelle Presley, and thank you for listening to episode one of Outside Influence, a podcast that explores how politics, culture, and media shape our outdoor experiences. How the story begins is slightly less clear. It may have started when I was a kid, growing up, going to Girl Scout camp, catching fence lizards and wishing I could bottle the smell of sun-warmed pine needles and wear it like a perfume. It might have started when I spent my summers in college lifeguarding on the banks of a blue Florida spring, pretending I'd never have to grow up and find a job that made me wear shoes. Or maybe the beginning was sometime after college, when I moved away from the lizards and the long leaves and the summers by the spring and learned to love a landscape that was totally new and wide open enough to hold the big adventure of a new chapter of life and love. I'm not sure the exact moment, but somewhere between the Florida scrub flats and the Kansas prairies, I fell in love with the land. When I was living in Kansas, I started to learn more about America's public lands, the places we're usually referring to when we say the outdoors. Normally, when people talk about going camping, hiking, fishing, or climbing, they're headed to a public park or waterway. I became fascinated with learning about the history of the land, the indigenous nations that cared for it since the beginning, and after sifting through all the John Muir fan fiction, I read some of the painful histories of land being stolen, tended by enslaved people, then neglected, abused, bought, sold, blood-soaked, and blown away in clouds of dust. Out of all of that pain still remains the opportunity to see some of the most beautiful, sacred places that remain in the public trust. In 2017, my husband and I decided to seize the opportunity and packed up our lives and hit the road in our old van. We saw national parks and forest and vast tracts of land that were all public, American soil held in trust for us. I fell even more in love. Somewhere around Utah's high desert, I knew I wanted to spend the rest of my life working to protect the wild lands we have left and helping as many people as possible experience these places. So we parked the van, we had an address again, <laughs> and I got to work on my master's degree in public interest media and communication so that I could become well-equipped to tell the stories of the land I loved. I also worked for my university's outdoor adventure program, so I got the privilege of guiding some people's first experiences in the outdoors. In the process, I wrote my master's thesis about how the news has covered outdoor issues, specifically the recent debate surrounding whether Instagrammers are ruining the outdoors. My research involved sifting through environmental policy, digging into the backgrounds of officials who manage public lands, reading news stories of public lands being, quote, loved to death, and of course, a fair amount of scrolling through social media where I watched this debate play out in real time. As I conducted my research, I saw the sphere of influence surrounding the land grow. I saw how individual people like you and me have been blamed for systemic failures at the highest levels of government and industry. 
I found unfairness and gatekeeping and so many opportunities to do better for ourselves and the land we stand on. If I'm being honest here, I cringe when people say things like, the outdoors is my escape from politics, or, quote, the real world. Or why can't we just leave all the politics and social stuff out of the outdoors? Usually, these statements come in response to me yelling over the music at a pre-COVID party about development in the Grand Canyon, or logging in old-growth forests, or the fact that national park visitorship is so overwhelmingly white. I might be a little bit of a buzzkill, but the fact remains that public lands are not just playgrounds for wealthy white Americans. And left unchecked, public lands can be used for purposes that contradict the public's interest. I'm looking at you, uranium mines and pipelines. Public lands are inextricable from policy because they are created and maintained by policy. Plus, it's historical fact that public lands are often predicated on the forced removal of indigenous people. Despite the rosy glow around America's best idea, public lands have not always been a safe and welcoming place for all. Even today, many people still do not feel welcome on the trail, at the campground, or in the forest. So it's my intention to use this platform to share the knowledge and skills I've gained freely, and to shed light on some of these topics. I'm also proud to stand behind the dedicated folks who have been doing this work for decades. The Black and Indigenous people, the leaders of color, queer people, and allies who have blazed the trail toward a more inclusive outdoors and have advocated at every turn and switchback for a healthier relationship with the land and the environment. I hope to amplify their voices and hold space for their stories here as well. So here's how we arrive at our ending. My name is Michelle Presley, and thank you for listening to episode one of Outside Influence, a podcast that explores how politics, culture, and media shape our outdoor experiences. Episode two is about to be juicy. We'll be talking about how social media has completely changed how we view ourselves and our relationship with the outdoors. I hope you'll join me and subscribe to Outside Influence wherever you listen to podcasts. Happy trails.